podcast. My name is Nick, alongside Bobby LaRue. Morning. Um, morning. We're here to chat about all things um, successful business ideas in the mountain town. Um, today, I think we're going to talk about systems, um, which is a really key aspect to get a grasp on in any business. And I know I've actually been chatting with you a lot, Bobby, recently um, about new systems, um, specifically with just something simple as um, our, our weekly meetings with the team. And, you know, just getting that one system kind of dialed. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that, that kind of today and, um, and go from there. So what I think what, what's so important about systems is that if you want to, it's the idea of not working in your business forever. It's like having the end goal of, allowing your business to actually be a asset, actually be something that runs quote unquote on its own. Um, and that's, you know, that's why most businesses and small business owners get burnt out. That's why they quote unquote fail is because they don't get the, you know, I would say they, they don't get the systems down. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think um, agreed. I think most of the time we we have an idea to start a business, um, or we have an idea for a project or something like that, and we take it on ourselves fully. And really, that is how you start a business, right? Like, I have this idea. This is what we do. This is what I'm good at. Okay, let's get together. Let's start this business. But after years of doing that, I mean, eventually, you want to be able to take a vacation in your business, not totally shut down. You want to be able to have a family event and your business, not totally shut down. And often I think I ask myself this question a lot is, is am I, am I being the operator? Or am I being the owner of my business? And I, I think you have to be the operator up until a point, but like you mentioned, the burnout is real, right? You can, if you're always, you're your accountant, you're your, uh, bookkeeper, you're the the janitor, you're the you know the the CEO, the CFO, you're you're everything to your organization. Yeah, you you will get a little bit overwhelmed, and I think I, I like I mentioned owner to operator. I, I keep reading that constantly, and everything mm. I read in that, like whether there, there's so many articles out there, owner or operator, owner versus operator, whatever you can type that in. Am I owner and operator? And you'll come up with a million different uh, articles that you can read on it. And every time I read one of them, it, it does. Like you talk about Nick with with your business getting hit by a bus, it, it does talk about yeah. how do you pull yourself out of being involved in every aspect of the, of the day to day. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that the, is the hard part. You know, the getting hit by the bus rule is for those who don't know. Um, can can if if you were to get hit by a bus today, could your business run tomorrow? and it's essentially and like my uh, me and my partner were we couldn't pass that rule you know i i I remember getting out of a seminar um i think it was like a couple months after i moved back here to help with the business and um we were in that bobby together 
Yeah, um, yeah. Startup to the, scale up or startup, scale up to start, start scale up to startup. Something like start that. Startup to scale up. Something something like that. Yeah. yeah, it was it was good though. And I remember leaving with that quote. And um and honestly that quote's been great because it then it led me to the E-Myth book and and just the idea of systems. But um yeah, we couldn't we couldn't pass that rule. Like everything, all the projects that were currently going on were all inside my partner's head. <laughs> you know, like who who was the main contact? How much was the contract for? What was the scope and the scale of the? It was all in his head. We literally did not have it all written down. It was ridiculous. Like, and now, and we're still like, we still don't have the exact system for this. But that system that we first identified was like, okay, we need to get the, you know, the contract signed and put in a proper folder. <laughs> we need to get the bid and estimate on paper, not just like in the email. It needs to be on paper, written out, signed, deposit in a folder. You know, like <laughs> there's yep. just that, like it's so basic, right? It sounds so simple. Like, of course, yeah, of course that's what you would do. So you can reference it later if anything comes up. Sure, yeah. <laughs> no, I can't just put like, I can't just like search in the search bar of Gmail and I'll just bring it up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, but that's a really bad system. Like that is a system, right, in itself, but that's a really bad system because there's no. Yeah, but I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? Like, you got to start I, somewhere. I feel like that was that was us at the beginning, but because um, you know, and you can talk about this, but because of past career paths, every every job I ever had had some sort of system. Uh, like you said, whether it was a good system or a bad system, the system right. existed, right? And I always equate a lot of my business learnings weren't, weren't necessarily when I was in business or working for somebody else in business. It was when I was in the, the hospitality industry, um, the hospitality industry. I, I mean, I've seen multiple sides of it. I think it's whether you're a concierge, whether you're the bartender, whether you're the hostess, whether you're, you're in the chef server. in the back. Yeah. Server, you know, there's always like a checklist, right? And I always thought this checklist at first was crazy. Like, why do we have a Monday checklist? Can't people just remember what the hell to do? And that's really, it's an ideal system for the business to run and, and the checklist needs to be there. And as dumb as you think it is, I guarantee you miss something off the checklist if you don't use it. Right. So it is like, to me, that that's where it, when, when we took over our business, cause we didn't, we didn't start yoga and life magazines. We, we actually took over a dormant publication and kind of resurged it. The first thing we did is uh, I, number one, try to make some revenue so we could pay for the issue that was about to come out. But immediately after that, yeah, like immediately after that, it was like, okay, so I can't afford someone to do my accounting and my billing. What does it look like? And we'd have folders for that. And Kim was like, well, we need a sales sheet for this. So we'd create that. And then we'd create a folder for that. And Kim being, um, you know, from her background of, of only working for herself and being a freelancer all these years, if you look at her email system, like to me, it's overwhelming, but she has folders for everything. So if I ever ask her, hey, what about this? Where's this? Can you, who's, you know, I need this email for this person. Within five seconds or, you know, a minute or so, she's got that email up. Huh. So I think the systems had already been like drilled into us subconsciously. So we just had to keep going. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't, there wasn't one that started it. I, I think, you know, the system of invoicing and I, I quickly threw that one out the window. And I think, that's <laughs> a, yeah, like I think that's another part is like, don't get it, uh, don't get so, uh, I would say, like attached to your system, right? I think a lot of people do that because 
you can buy a software and that creates your backend system. You know, like we have a system for our, our customer relationship management um, and we use a free software, but for a long time I was convinced that I had to purchase one mm. and I'm sure if I would have purchased it and I didn't like it, I would have forced it to work because I was paying for it. So I think that was a quick learning is like, don't get attached to your systems. I mean, we've changed our, our, our invoicing system three times and we're pretty set right now until QuickBooks is no longer uh, efficient. Um, but yeah, that, that to me is one, one major part of this. Why is QuickBooks? Wow. I can't imagine QuickBooks not being enough for me. Why is it? Why was it not enough for you? It's not that it's not enough. I just, um, after talking to some, you know, some people that, do accounting for a living for businesses like quickbooks he compares uh, it what did he say he's like some guy tried to tell him quickbooks is like the ferrari or something and he's like no it's not it's like the pinto so it's like <laughs> yeah he's like it's kind of like your base level and it's not even old school it can do what you need it to do but again it's kind of above my pay grade um but i want i want it to yeah yeah like there's apparently there's better software that'll help my business in the long run with it uh, with accounting I mean, right now QuickBooks does file some things, right? And it puts them in spots, but I still have to be the accountant. I still have to be the bookkeeper. I still have to go back in and reconcile everything. And I'm not sure that that's ever going to change, but just from what I've been told and, you know, that's, that's who I look to is the professionals and and whatever system I'm looking for. Uh, What I've been told is QuickBooks is like, you know, it's not archaic by any means, but it's not, it's not the best system. Like there might be an accounting software that is specific for photography and videography. Uh, got yeah, it. I think that's what they're getting at. You know what I mean? Got it. And it, the system could probably auto recognize certain assets and purchases and things are repeatable. Could probably make suggestions based on other businesses. That's cool. I yeah, think that's so, what it is. You know, but I'm not there yet. I don't have the time to like pull myself AI. away from my, I'm right. still the operator. Right. So I don't have time to focus on something like that, that actually might save my business money right now. Right, and um, I think the last time I read about it, I, I, me and you are always like the book I read, the the quote I heard. But uh, right, the last <laughs> right. owner owner operator uh, article I read, I think was Inc. Magazine, and it was just like cautioning the entrepreneur. It was like kind of like being like if you are an entrepreneur and you find you founded a business and you remain very active in it, you, you should have caution. Like, and I thought that was neat because you spoke to that a little bit too. It's like, huh. it basically, yeah. what, I think what the title was, is like, you need to fire the CEO yourself. <laughs> Something like right. That, you know, like, and I thought that was Love unique that. Um, because it did take a, a slightly different approach to owner versus operator. Um, and just basically saying like, if you are literally in your business full time and active, then that's when you need to be, yeah, have a little bit of caution and maybe start creating some more systems. Yeah, more systems or think about a different, <laughs> different, different path. Um, uh, so let's touch on. Um, oh, and I'll put a link to that that Ink Magazine in the comments for sure. Yeah, I'd what, like to read you that mentioned too. a book briefly. Um, oh, the E Myth. Okay, and, what, and what's the, yeah? I, I I've not read the E Myth. So what, what's oh, that? you haven't read the E Myth? No, no, I, oh, I have good not. Good lord, good lord. Um, the E Myth by Michael Gerber is the book that talks about that that defines systems it defines defines why small business businesses most of them fail and that's because of burnout and that's because um the proper systems don't get taken 
put in place. Business owners lose sight of the goal, um, which, you know, it, it's not, I'm not saying this should be everyone's goal, but like, why, why do we start this business, our businesses in the first place? And I mean, for me, it's to create a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I was watching a cool masterclass, which is a great website, masterclass.com. Um, where they have like the world's best in all different genres of aspects of (laughs) careers. Um, All the best professionals talk, you know, talk in depth about their, their, their career. But um, I was listening to Guy Kiyosaki, I think his name is. And he used to work, he used to be um, lead marketer for um, Apple. And he talks, you know, like if you're thinking about starting a business, it's, it's look at your um, what you're really good at, what's your passion, and where is there a market opportunity? And those three circles kind of like that's that's what you should focus on, right? So that's like the start of the business. Okay. But then you got to think about like, you know, what's your end goal with it? Like you don't want to be working within it forever. At least I don't. Like I want to retire. <laughs> I want to be able to step away from from the business, and that's where. Like, okay, how do you do that? And the answer is the answer. There's really no other answer to it. There's no other way around it is that you need to build systems so your business can run like a machine. And that's what the E-Myth is all about. Um, I think it's. I think the E-Myth stands for the entrepreneurial myth. Mm, okay, um, I feel like I've heard about this. Some, someone else mentioned this on a podcast that I listened to. Um, what's his name, dude? Brett from Brett Donaldson. Ah, okay. That from Cycle sense. Effect. Because yeah. he, he told me about it. And I was like, great, I'm going to read it. And it's long, like there's systems for everything in it. You don't really don't even have to read past the first chapter and you'll like, you'll understand, you'll, your mind will be like, oh, (laughs) I, this is a new way to think about how I'm going to run this thing. Right. And once you do, once you start thinking of systems, you're like, you really start to see things differently because we are like our, our business, we're all about hiring now. We're like, we need to hire editors. That's the, that's the thing too. I think that is the first thing he tells you to do is identify like, where's your biggest time suck? Like what takes right. the most, what takes the most time in your business right now and figure out how to not like, how do you, who do you have to hire to not have to do that? Is it right. bookkeeping? Great. Hire a bookkeeper. Is it yeah. Accounting, hire an accountant for me, for us, it was editing. In yeah. video production, yeah. editing is by far. If you're editing, like, dude, yeah. I can't be. Yeah, I can't be generating new business. I can't be filming. I can't be creating the content. Like we, our social media game is so bad, and we're we have the best cameras. <laughs> like <laughs> we should be making the sweetest videos, you know. But we don't have the energy and the time to like storyboard cool ideas and go shoot them. I'm also working two jobs, but you know, like once uh, we're just realizing that. We need to hire to um, to get rid of those time sucks, and that's so that's a system right there that we're we're trying to figure out. And then there you go, Bobby. Like talk about okay. So then implementing the system. So like for us hiring, we're 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 not just like implementing a software that already kind of runs itself. We got to implement a person who needs to learn our systems, right? So there's this whole thing, this whole idea of like these folders and um, so if somebody else were to come into your business, can they just open up a folder and read a diagram or something and know how to do what they need to do? 
Right. Cor- right. And I correct? think that's, yeah, yeah. Like that's your next step. I, I was going to ask that, like ha- you guys obviously have hired some people. I've seen some staff yeah. at events that I don't you know recognize. So they've obviously come in and, and helped you guys. Have you hired the editor yet? Like, have, has, is there someone that, that is helping with that currently? Yeah. So we have a new girl, Kirsten, who, so with video, like we're actually looking for someone more than just an editor. We want them to be able to film as well, but mm-hmm. that might change. But this girl, you know, she went to school for for broadcasting. So she knows cameras and she knows editing. So mm. we're kind of throwing her into both roles and seeing she's kind of like our dummy. Like we're we're trying things on her. Right. Um, so so yeah. she started. What did you So she started? Did, right. Did you when she started, like, did you just, how did it work? Did you say, Hey, here's our folders. Here's what we expect. Or was there, is there something that she can literally follow step-by-step yet? Nope. Not yet. So (laughs) exactly. And that's what we need. And we're going to build that, I think off of her. So yeah, no, that's perfect. You have to have someone, right? Like, um, right. I'm going to speak to our business, right? We, we started with interns and I think a lot of people, um, from what my experience with internships and in and, and like talking to interns, interns get used a lot. They don't necessarily get the experience that they're hoping for. Mm. And then the company, like you said, gets something that they needed done that just like was a time suck. Um, personally, with our organization, we, we do have that built into our corporate culture that every single person that works for us hopefully becomes a better them for whatever their journey is. So regardless of if they work for us, like or somebody else. So we have a designer that just started with us, an illustrator. Well, we want her to build her portfolio and obviously, hopefully it works out to where we can keep her on. And eventually that'll, you know, that'll hopefully will develop a system for the illustrator. But that started with Lexi, who was our first editorial intern and Kim and Lexi, like they just hit it off really well. That, that was you know, number one. They, they really jived personality wise. Uh, so it made it really easy for them to communicate, but they started like you're starting and, when when Lexi had to learn Squarespace or when she had to learn WordPress right. or when we had to, you know, how does that work? We had kind of a mock video made up from a past intern and that started the, the training a little bit. So we had something to work cool. with. But then Lexi now, because of that, like what, what you're doing with uh, Kirsten, is it? Kirsten, yeah. Kirsten, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like basically you'll your next project, whatever it is, whether she shoots it or edits it. What you guys need to do is sit down and is what was the steps that it took to make that project happen? And I mean, you have to get like stupid dumb with the steps. Like think about um, the class when you had to write about making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. (laughs) Yeah. Like you really had to be descriptive of like making that peanut butter jelly sandwich. If you miss putting the top bread on the bottom bread, the sandwich was never complete. But I mean, that's how dumb, stupid, dumb you have to get with these descriptions. So like, you use Kirsten's experience and you ask her lots of questions like what was struggling? Hey, how did you create this? And that's how you create your, I call it employee flow sheets. Um, That's what I call it for our team. Uh, And I I had to do this because I had some salespeople working for us and I realized like they have barely any goals. Uh, They don't necessarily know the expectation of phone calls. Then if something did happen with a sale, like what do they do next? Right. So, I have taken it to the dumbed down level and you can do this real easily is the next time you guys are doing something, it seems like a kind of a time suck then, but like have a little notepad with you and write down every step that you go through. 
Mm. because then you develop a system from that. And like, I, I got an order the other day. It's something I handle when we get a magazine order. I'm the one who takes it in. I put it on the back end. I make sure they're set up for shipping in the future. I package up a magazine and I go to the post office and I send it to them. Someday I don't want to do that. Like right. really, like it's it's just a lot of time that I'm giving to something that yes, it's making our business move forward, but it's not. What is it? Uh, Kim and I listened to something the other day. It's is it is it driving your business uphill? Like those things that actually like grow your business, make your business more profitable, or is it a downhill effort? Like a downhill mm -hmm. efforts are the things you have to do. Like you do have to pay your taxes, you do have to do these things, but they're not necessarily generating money for your business. And to me, me taking the orders forever is a downhill effort. I could be doing something else and hopefully paying someone to do that. So I, I got the order and what happens? I, I have my pen out and I wrote down every step that I took. Then I typed that up into my employee flow sheet and now it's on the flow sheet. So I don't have that position, but I have the system for that position now. And that to me is what you have the opportunity to do with Kirsten. And then also like I said, exactly. for me, you know, we're speaking to our businesses specifically, but get an intern or get someone that's super interested in your business or has a passion for what you're doing and they can help along the way, develop that system and you work with them step-by-step. Step, and then the next time you have at least some sort of basis. And like I said earlier, don't be attract, uh, like don't be stuck on that system. Like if someone new starts to the company or all of a sudden you guys are like, wow, we were making three steps where we could have made one step. Let's change the system. Yeah. I like that but being flexible. There. I like that being yeah. flexible with the systems because you're totally right. Like things need to adapt and change. Um, you're not going to have the answer right off the bat. Like the first system you make isn't going to be the one that lasts forever. And sometimes you don't have, you know, you add a new arm to your business. Like we just added custom publishing. Right. We produced a cookbook. We thought we knew what the system should look like. You know, we had an idea because we produced a magazine, but we've never produced a cookbook before. So, or a book at all. And we made some systems that definitely are going to change the next time. They're not going to stick around, you know? So I think that's, yeah, I think it's being adapt adaptable. Uh, it's like anything with entrepreneur. You got to be flexible. You got to, you know, we're, we're learning that. Everyone's learning that right now in this world, like flexible pivot change. Like it's yeah. all happening pivot. with COVID, but yeah, right. The pivot's world, the biggest word, word in the world. <laughs> in the world. But I mean, that's the reality of it. Like with all your systems, eventually you'll get to, I wouldn't say it's ironclad, but you'll get to this one that's pretty damn close to, to what it should be. And it'll flow and flex when, when the business culture changes or, or when the business grows or when the business shrinks, you know, you know, whatever it needs to be. But those systems are, are inevitable for your growth. And then it's also supports your team. Like when I, when I had the salespeople and I had no goals for them or no idea for no traction or anything, like how I expect a lead to be, to be created and put into our system, it, they weren't floundering by any means, but I, I wouldn't say they were as efficient as they are today. And so it's just, it supports your team too. It's not just supporting you to get out of your business. And I, you know, I don't, I don't ever True. want to say it like that because like, I don't want out of my business. I just want an upper level view so I can keep the business growing. Yeah. Well, well, and that's the other thing that Emith talks about is like the ultimate, the, un, the end goal can, should, whatever be um, to sell your business. But how can you sell your business if, <laughs> if it only runs with you? you know, operating it. Well, right. There's like, there's the idea right there. So like forming your, like, right. Developing these systems to create the asset that you can sell.
Um, cause that's the thing. Like if you do go to sell your business, you want to just be able to hand over a big folder, like with all these, you know, every step is laid out and you can value that, you know, you can put a number to that prices for sale. Boom. Take your money and run. That's, you know, yeah. sounds a lot easier. I don't know. Cause like, no, I think that's you just a, well, brought up a really good point. Well, that's interesting too. Cause Bobby, you did buy your business. Yeah, and I've looked at a couple and said no, and me and you looked at one and said no. And I, I think you just brought up a really great point. Without systems, your business isn't really worth that much. That's the truth. It, it, no, I'm no, I'm, I'm like I I I, I want to speak to this because I'm in the middle of this right now. And um, yeah, like when when you don't have a system in place, you are the business. So yeah. like someone else, like <laughs> oh great, you, you have this contact list. Someone someone was talking to us about the other day. He was looking at buying maybe like a. Uh, like in what are the Epic Mountain Express, like uh, those those type of companies, um, transportation company. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, OK, so they have six cars. They're all leased. They don't own those. OK, so that's not an asset. Right. That's not that's not an asset at all. Um, they have this giant contact list that the owner built himself. So the contact list has minimal value because it's the owner's contacts. They don't know the new owner buying the business. But the business owner on the other side, the guy trying to sell the business, in his mind, his business is producing X dollars a year, and it's a thriving business, and it should be worth this. And that, that's, that's a misnomer of entrepreneurs. If you are running your business, it's really not worth that much at all. Right. No, it's, it's so – dude, I've, oh, I've dealt with this a couple times where – they, they have this value that they've attached to the business. And there's, there's people out there, if you want to pay them to do a business valuation is what they call it. It's right. a third party, they come in, they process the numbers and they say, hey, like, this isn't worth it. You know, with one of our businesses, we didn't do that. We just kind of, luckily, we, we found the value in what we paid for it, but we had to create the value, really. There wasn't a ton there besides the starting platform. So that, that was worth it to us. We had a place to start. The second business... It was operating. The the woman had all of her quarterly, you know, all of her profit and loss statements for each quarter. We were able to dial down exactly what the business could produce, what it was producing, and be able to have projections for the future. And I did work with a business coach on that one. And he was able to provide like, hey, man, this is actually a pretty valuable business. Like if you guys, if these numbers are real and you guys continue it on, like, yes, you're going to pay some money up front for it, but it's worth it in the long run. And currently I'm dealing with another business owner and I want to assume her business and it's, it's, it's been dormant for three years. There's nothing behind it. There's no profit and loss statements. There's no, there's no current clients. You know, they have the old email lists of three years ago, but this woman continues to think her business is worth something. Hmm. There's zero systems in place. There's zero customers in place. This is like worse than, than, than having no systems. I mean, there's nothing here. At least with no systems, maybe you can create a system that'll hopefully maybe replace the previous business owner. So to me, yeah, without systems, you're devaluing your business, whether you plan on selling it or not. Because I actually don't plan on selling our businesses. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that might happen someday. And I know that's crazy. Like entrepreneurialism is like literally building a business to sell it. But I, I personally think if I could get my business to operate on residual income, that I would like to keep it, you know? Yeah, I don't right. Work and there's your investment. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that to me is like right there. You just brought up such a good point. It's like without systems, you're 
you don't necessarily have a business you can sell at right. all. If, so even what, if you're not going to sell it, but yeah, right. Nope. Where's the value? Yeah. And it comes and, I mean, in like different, it comes in different. I mean, like one business I started um, in another mountain town, in Bozeman, Montana, um, was doing some real estate flipping. And the way we found our deals was through a mailing list that me and my partner literally drove neighborhoods, every freaking neighborhood, and wrote down the addresses of houses that looked distressed, right? Yep. So that was a system right there of how we got it. Very long, tedious process. But, you know, that contact list, like that contact list had value as soon as we created it, right? So like there are things within your business, right, that you could say, oh, well, this has value. Like, okay, I would, for you guys, you know, like, oh, your, your sales email list, your, 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 your newsletter email list has value. Sure. But that's not Correct. the value of your whole business. Like you can't just think of it. It's like, it's only this one asset that I have within my business. That's not the value. The no, value no, needs and- to be the whole system plus your, <laughs> your contacts. Well, and again, like my contact list, like, yes, our email, our email subscriber list is different. Like that's different. That's people who are willingly subscribing to our email newsletter. That's what creates value. That's what creates a product that we could sell you as a business, why you should be in our email newsletter. But my contact list, I'm going to tell you right now, I could sell you my contact list there. I would say 70% of my relationship built. Yeah. So, so I can sell you that list with the idea that each contact is worth X amount of money. But like that gentleman who was trying to buy the transportation company, that contact list was created by me. It's not that valuable to you. It's valuable because I've taken some steps. I've taken some time out of the way. Like you now have the right person to contact. You might have their email. They know of the publication or the business that you just bought. But the relationship was with the past business owner. They so, don't yeah. care who you are. You have to now start over and build a relationship with them. But, you know, we dealt with it with the last magazine that we bought, Spoken Blossom. We were the Vale couple that bought the Grand Junction magazine. Right. And to, to get around that, it took us, you know, we didn't lose our business or anything, but we definitely had, uh, we had writers asking for more money than they ever had before. Um, and we knew what they were getting paid because we saw the books because the woman was a good business owner and she set up systems. Um, so we knew what they were getting paid. So every one of them was like trying to strong arm us to get us more money. We had advertisers that were signed into contracts that tried to get out of them. We had businesses that were up on their contract that did not renew right away because they didn't know who we were. So great. We bought this contact list. Like, so like it's we had a bunch to work. of headaches yeah correct like, <laughs> we had to work with it so like that that's where I, I i again if you were to ask me three years ago i would have probably valued my business as a lot higher than i would today and they're making more money today than they were three years ago but but three years ago i was a real i was really that entrepreneur that was the operator that believed all my sweat equity counted as something and it counts as something not a lot it's like if you put, you know, you got your Toyota pickup truck, you got a brand new Toyota pickup truck and you put a new lift kit on it. You put new rims, you put all the sweet tooly racks, blah, 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 blah. And then you think your car is worth 20 grand more because you put 20 grand into it. 
Yeah. It's not. No, you lost 20%. <laughs> you, it's, yeah, you, 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 like, you devalued the car slightly. So like that's I don't know that's my thing about being an entrepreneur yeah. if you if you're if you're relying that your business is solely worth something because of your contact list start building some assets and building some systems and then your business might be worth something right right in addition to that in addition to that mm-hmm. because your contact list is valuable it is I'm not knocking that but it's 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 only valuable in the correct transition like if someone bought Yoga and Life or Spoken Blossom. And I did not hand touch a lot of my contacts and introduce them to the new owner. That wouldn't be as valuable. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, let's wrap this up. I got to get to another meeting. Yeah, buddy. Um, that was really, yeah, working. That was, um, that was really good. I hope people out there listening, um, get some value from that because I think systems are going to change, will change your life. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, they definitely will. They're going to move your business along a lot faster than anything else. And it's also like you mentioned, you're filling those voids that are time sucks in your business. Um, And you brought up a lot today that I want to reiterate from the very first podcast, like neither of us, think we're the expert in this like the concept behind having this conversation was to create more thought to create more curiosity um you know pick up another book read another article uh, about these things and and that's really what i I think i just always want to remind myself and and anyone who's listening is that like this is the conversation and this is a conversation that you should be having you know with your friends your business owners uh your, your business partners whatever it might be to to just continue again your brain thinking in that direction right um because that's yeah that's the only way we're going to grow as a business yeah the concepts are key like concept understanding the concepts um and and talking about them and challenging them and and understanding them um so then you can implement them better because yeah we're not i'm nowhere near an expert i'm still like we just said i'm just we just hired our first person (laughs) we're just going to start learning the systems to to start um to put in place um so we're we're by no means you and i are by no means um experts in any of this but that's why we're doing this so everyone can learn together yay yeah thanks you guys for tuning in or Mm -hmm. listening um thank you excited to keep doing this yeah it's great to keep chatting with you bobby and um let's get somebody on here soon we will um find time to to reach out and get get some other um, entrepreneurs on the podcast and ask some hard questions (laughs) no not at all (laughs) just have a have a good conversation well cool well tune in next week uh every friday you should be hearing a new podcast from us. So thanks again, Bobby, for your time. Much love. Absolutely, Nick. You too, brother. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Later. Later. <laughs>